Pushkin. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. After every interview we do for the show, we upload the audio to a piece of software called Descript. Descript turns the audio into a transcript, and then I can edit that transcript, cut out the boring parts, move sections around. And when I do that, Descript edits the underlying audio to match. As software, Descript is pretty janky. It's buggy. It's constantly changing in ways that can make it hard to use. And sometimes it just blows stuff up. But we use it anyway because Descript is an incredible advance over what came before. Before Descript, audio software represented audio files not as words that you can read and edit, but as waveforms, as squiggly lines presented on a timeline. So when Descript came along, being able to edit audio by editing words on a screen was this huge advance. And it was an advance made possible by artificial intelligence. Eventually, Descript expanded to allow people to edit not just audio, but also video. And last fall, OpenAI, the company that makes ChatGPT, led a $50 million investment round in Descript. It's a sign that Descript is moving out to the new AI frontier, the frontier of generative AI, AI that creates words and pictures. This is of immediate interest to me, as in, is AI going to help me do my job? Is AI going to do my job? But there is also a bigger question here. What is AI going to mean more broadly for people whose jobs involve writing things and creating visuals? Which is to say, what is AI going to mean for almost all white-collar workers? I'm Jacob Goldstein, and this is What's Your Problem, a show about people trying to make technological progress. My guest today is Andrew Mason, founder and CEO of Descript. Or maybe it's Descript? 
By the way, I've always said descript, and I'm pretty sure that's wrong, right? It's descript, like detour. We are non-committal on the issue. Let's do the subjective version. You're just one man. How do you say the name of your company? Yeah, I've kind of cultivated the ability to flip between them as I speak. You're killing me. The world still needs a little mystery. Okay, how about this? Say your name and your job. My name is Andrew Mason. I work at Descript. That's D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T, Descript. Well played. Earlier in his career, Andrew Mason was the co-founder of Groupon. He took the company public and then got fired after its stock fell by something like 75%. After that, he started a company called Detour, or maybe it's Detour, I don't know. The company made these highly produced audio walking tours that you could listen to on your phone. In that job, Andrew saw the challenges of working with the old waveform-based audio editing software. At the same time, AI-generated transcripts were getting better and cheaper, and new technology was making it possible to automatically match a transcript to an audio file. Andrew looked at those two developments and thought, we should make an audio editor that works like a word processor, which he admits was a distraction from what he was supposed to be doing, which was making walking tours. If I'm being honest, it was a bit of an indulgence. It just felt like an incredibly cool problem to work on. I went to school for music technology and worked in a recording studio after I graduated and have just always loved tools and audiovisual tools in particular. It was just so fun to start thinking about this puzzle. Uh-huh. So so we told ourselves it was um kind of way of diversifying, but that's just like a ridiculous way for a product that like a startup that just hasn't even found product market fit in their core product to be thinking about the world. You know, all of the advice textbooks will tell you not to do that. And it's probably generally good advice, but it was just, it was just irresistible. You know, so I am a fan of Descript. I started using it around when it came out several years ago, certainly. I think it's great. It is kind of janky. And it's always kind of janky, right? And and my guess is janky, meaning like a little bit unstable, things don't quite work. It's always telling you to restart. By the way, if I'm not sure if I have your side, so I may ask you to send me this entire portion of the interview so I can <laughs> share it with the team. So, so the, the, the thing is like, I wonder, why is it always kind of janky? Why is it never just like stable and it works? And my guess is it's because you're pushing forward really fast, right? You're trying to make it better and better and better. And presumably there is some trade-off, right? Like the faster you try and push it forward, the more janky it's going to be. Uh, you could, I'm sure, just perfect the way it was four years ago, but then it would never get better, but it would be stable, right? And so this is like a big whatever startup founder type question, like, is that some balance you're always trying to figure out? How fast do we iterate versus how much do we try and make it just stable and work? Yeah, that's an astute observation. Um, not not the fact that it's janky. That doesn't take a genius. Respectfully. Um, but- Respectfully. As a fan, I'm telling you it's janky. <laughs> but I think like your, your, your attempt to make sense out of it. I think like a good story to tell here is maybe like going back to the to the very beginning of of Descript. So when we became Descript, we sold off Detour to uh, to Bose, and we decided to just focus on building out this media word processor thing. And some of the public radio producers who had worked at Detour went on back into public radio and they became some of the earliest customers of, of Descript. And 
what we found was that they pushed it so much farther than we were ready for uh-huh. so quickly. What do you mean by that? Like, what is an example of that? Yeah, I mean, specifically in the case of like some of these shows, it means putting together three to five hour cuts uh-huh. of tape from many different files with lot, like tons and tons of edits and yeah. notes mixed into the edits and just like stuff that we that we hadn't pressure tested from a performance just giant. The files are really big, right? Like a three-hour audio file is actually a giant file, right? And if you're stacking up a bunch of those, so you have all these giant files and you're making tons of cuts, that's just like computationally intensive, that kind of thing? Storage intensive? Yeah, it was just something that we hadn't that we hadn't optimized for. It's, yeah. it's an eminently solvable problem, but it yeah. was something that in the earliest versions we, we hadn't done. Um, and so... That is kind of in many ways been the the story of Descript up to this point, uh-huh. where there's there's been that element of it. And there were kind of realities of needing to make quick progress that we had to balance against stability. Uh-huh. And what we had for our customers in terms of like the core product idea of being able to edit by text was still for them so much better than the alternative, that there was just a tolerance of the stability issues that honestly made us sick to our stomachs that we had to put people through. And it's not like we ignored it, but it was like we had to make trade-offs there. So all of this pushing kind of culminated with this release of a pretty major overhaul that, that we did at the end of last year. And since then, since last November, um, and really like through the the first half of this year is when we think we start to get to a good place. Our, our goal is that if, if we're having this conversation, like we're not going to be having the same conversation in say July for sure at the very latest, like the conversation we'll be having with someone like you will be, wow, it's gotten, it, it's like not an issue anymore. So you say all that, but also you just got this big investment from OpenAI you got a thing on on Descript that says sign up to try GPT-4 with Descript, which I just signed up for and I'm very curious about. That doesn't sound like, oh, we've arrived and now we've got our product and we've just got to hone it. That sounds like there's this whole giant new universe of things you're about to try and figure out. That's true. And that's the funny thing about all of this are, are, is that at the same time that we're turning to focus on quality, it's a moment where generative AI has arrived at a scale and with a force that no one really saw coming this quickly. So, so okay, I know from the beginning, Descript was built on top of, of AI, you know, the, the technology for transcription, for matching audio to text, but, but was Descript itself an AI company? So we had some really smart people on the team in uh, with machine learning experience, but I wouldn't say in the early days we were like a, a company that that was with anybody that was doing like original AI research or anything like that. We saw that as a a gap that we wanted to solve, and so I forget exactly what year it was. It was maybe about four years ago. We saw this company called Lyrebird. It was a, a company out of Y Combinator with some really smart uh, PhD candidates. They had built a model that would 
build a clone of your voice based on, I think, about three minutes or five minutes of, of training data, of, of just talking to it. Let me just say, I know Lyrebird is spelled L-Y-R-E, but I assume they're aware mm-hmm. of the homonym, right? This is a thing that is cloning your voice so that you can make it sound like you're talking, even if you're not talking. And the company is called Lyrebird. And this is a somewhat fraught thing, right? Like, I feel like they're throwing it in my face that this is a sketchy product that they're developing. <laughs> um, did it cross your mind? Did it cross my mind as like the ethical quandary that we were getting into or like the branding implications of the name? More the ethical quandary. Yeah, the ethical quandary absolutely entered our mind. And our our point of view on that and has been our point of view on these things um, in general has been that we don't want to be like out there paving the way for any new paths to the apocalypse, so to speak. <laughs> um, we actually think like ha- have always felt like um, not really sure how society was going to put the brakes on this sort of thing. We just knew that we didn't want to be part part of it. And we tried to put guardrails in place on our product that would make it easy to stay off the slippery slope. So in the case of Lyrebird, which once we once we bought them, we integrated their technology and released it as something that we call overdub. It's a way that you can clone your voice. We require you to authenticate that it's actually you and we only let you clone your own voice. And that's worked really well. We're now in a world where there's other people that have similar models and they're not putting those protections right, in place. Right. And the use case that we've always been the most excited about is making it possible to edit your natural recording. So going in and changing an individual word. And we've built some special stuff that will kind of listen to the audio on either sides and make sure that it blends in from an intonation perspective. Uh-huh. We started with the ability to delete stuff and move stuff around. Now you can just type and really make it feel like it's a word processor. But presumably the better you get, the better the technology you use to clone a voice gets, the more words it can do, right? I mean, Every week for what's your problem, I write a little introduction and then I read it. But presumably at some point, overdub will be good enough that no one know, will know whether it's me reading it or I'm just typing it, right? We have a new version of overdub that we'll release um, in the next couple of months. And it's the first time that I've heard my own voice doing a, a narration of something that made me say like, this sounds so much like me in a way that it's not distracting or the, the AI does not get in the way. Can I try that new version now? Like not this minute, but like for the next show. Week? Yeah, for the show. I bet we could find a way to do it. It's um, just so you could hear it and stuff. There's a universe where I say at this moment in the show, guess what? Today, that, that, that voice, me reading the intro at the top of the show, that was overdub. It wasn't really me. Yeah. We tried overdub for the voice doing the intro at the top of the show, and we decided it wasn't quite good enough. But we decided it would work for this part of the show. What you're hearing right now, it's not really me. It's overdub. In a minute, what overdub and chat GPT and generative AI will mean for Descript, and for the world, and also for me. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, 
your career, your health, your social life? What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. The automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Now, back to the show. Descript is expanding from podcasts to video, and it just took a big investment from OpenAI the company that makes ChatGPT, and also this system called Dolly that uses AI to generate images. So Descript is clearly pointing toward a future where it's going to be software for creating AI-generated or at least AI-enhanced audio and video. And I asked Andrew, what does that future look like? How is generative AI going to work in Descript? I don't think we know entirely yet. In a lot of ways, it feels to me like you're letting this alien into into your app, you're just giving it the keys. And then the interface is how do you find how how do you find a way to kind of give the aliens some buttons into your UI, give them the ability to press the buttons, and then how do you talk to the alien? What do you mean? Like that is a striking metaphor, a little scarier, right? It suggests a certain level of uncertainty and potential downside. It's not like, oh, this is great. This is going to solve a problem. Like, why do you say it's like letting an alien in? As opposed to letting a human in? It's a really interesting choice of words. Tell me more about it. <laughs> so let's let's start by by just saying like very specifically what I mean. I think when implemented 
well, what what th- this will feel like is as if you had a co-editor in a document with you, in our case, in a, a video or a podcast that you're working on that is smart, knows how to do everything, definitely knows how to do the tedious, busy work, and you can kind of... Uh, kind of guide or direct through giving these tasks, you know, it's almost like it's the production assistant or something like that. And you're the director and you're able to just guide it and give it feedback on how it's doing and what it's doing well and what it's not doing well. There's a version of it where it's like, we've gotten used to the graphical user interface, right? We've been trained since the Macintosh computer in the mid-1980s, that the way you interact with the computer is like there's little pictures and little folders and you point and click one way or another, right? And one possibility here is the new standard interface is chat. You just type in like, whatever, please trim all the ums from this file. Or even, please turn this 30-minute interview into a 20-minute interview in the way that makes it most interesting, right? And you just type that in and it happens. I mean, that's a, a version of what I hear you saying there. I think some people believe that, that chat or a text field will become the primary interface for making things. I think of it more as like it's the the primary interface for interacting with the alien. And then you and the alien are still going to be working, like have other buttons that they can press. Yeah. You still, so, sometimes you just want to take the thing in your hands and do it yourself. The alien metaphor, I mean, there's a real like, do we welcome our alien overlords question when you when you choose that metaphor? It, it makes me I mean maybe it more feels that way, I was doesn't it? It doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> I'll say that. I think it feels the way that an alien arrival would probably feel, uh, where, you know, maybe you shake its hand and immediately it uh has something in its skin that cures your cancer and and you feel hopeful. Um but or, you also want to know or, what they're up to. And yeah, and <laughs> during your cancer is definitely the happy version. Not usually in the alien movie what happens, but I guess that could happen. Well, there's the good, there's a good part, right? But you, you never really know, I think is the point. And, and I think uh-huh. we're, we're all living in this kind of like pushing forward in this mystery kind of, kind of stuck between awe and terror. You sound more ambivalent than I might have thought. Why is that? Because you just took a giant investment from OpenAI. <laughs> I think like at moments like this, you have a choice between either renunciation and just like stopping and, and out of, from a place of fear, which maybe that's right. You know, maybe fulfillment and happiness, everything we have for that is, is already here and we should focus our energies on making peace with our inevitable death. Um, In any case, we should do that, but go on. (laughs) The other other way to think of it is to just forge ahead and realize that um, the potential of what's on the other end of this might make us feel in retrospect like we were just in the earliest possible innings of of the human experiment. So, you know, I feel like we're all going to die one way or another, might as well forge ahead. It's not ambivalence, it's, but, but, it, but it's more just being clear-eyed about the fact that not trying to pretend that there's parts of it that, that don't seem scary. I mean, one of the things that's really striking to me uh, with AI, and that seems quite different from other technologies in the past, is the people who are working on it, the people who really understand it, seem 
more scared than everybody else? I'm not a first-time founder. I went through the experience of being a young person, building building Groupon, telling myself a story about how it was going to revolutionize local commerce and all the good stuff. And it just didn't turn out that way. And I think we've seen a generation of tech companies that just like didn't turn out the way that the um, the super rose-colored glasses mission statement would have suggested. And I think we're just trying to be, um, we just have that experience, that recent experience at top of mind and, uh, and are trying to think about it in a way that has guardrails around, around repeating that history and just make sure we're really proud of what we build. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Am I, am I going to regret saying all this? I don't think so. You haven't said anything like incriminating as far as I can tell. You know, I heard somebody saying the other day, like, it's an interesting question to ask somebody like, what was the first thing you asked GPT, chat GPT to do? And the first thing I asked chat GPT to do was write an episode of Planet Money, podcast I used to host of which there are, you know, a thousand transcripts on the internet, write an episode of Planet Money about whether the Fed is going to raise interest rates by 25 basis points or leave them unchanged, right? And it wrote something that was pretty good, like not a whole show. It's not there now, but at the rate of current improvement, you could definitely imagine it writing that episode pretty well in whatever, a year or two years or some amount of time when I will still want to be gainfully employed. And like, I do wonder on this one, is there a day slash how far are we from the day when generative AI can just make a podcast without me? How does that make you feel? I mean, somewhat afraid, also like interested in figuring out how to use it, right? Like it feels like a steamroller. It's like, oh, maybe I should go get in that steamroller if my choices are get in the steamroller or get run over by it. Yeah. I think like before I comment on it, I, I think it's important that people understand like it's very true that like like it's easy to think that I'll have a bullshitty answer to a question like this because I work at a tech company that's working on a lot of this stuff. But you have to remember that like, if that's true, we're out of jobs. As soon as like a human is no longer in the loop, that's really bad for us. <laughs> like, yeah. Does that make sense? I Do mean, you buy at, that? At some margin, right? There's a long way between all the people who are doing it now and zero people. There's a lot of intermediate cases between the way it is now and like a fully AI generated podcast, right? And like, we're already starting down the road, right? Getting AI to write show notes or something. That's what basically has happened now. And, you know, like I know the history of technology and the labor market pretty well, you know, from the industrial revolution on. I'm pro technological innovation. I believe in productivity gains and, and efficiency gains. I'm also aware that there are instances when highly skilled craftspeople are displaced by technology, right? That is definitely a thing that happens. And I recognize that the pie gets bigger and everybody's better off in the long run. But like, I just want to not get pinched, right? I just want to be, yeah. you know, you just using don't want to the be machine. the one. I don't want to be the one. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm not out on using it. It's getting really good really fast at doing a lot of the things that I can do. 
There's one other thing I wanted to say just about the fear for your job thing, yeah. which is is something we say around here a lot is that you should struggle with your story and not your tools. That's almost like a, a, a guiding light for us is we want to take all of the cognitive friction away from using the tools. Uh-huh. The funny thing about all of these things is like there's a brief moment in time where you feel like you have superpowers, but then everybody has them and humans once again become the differentiator. And we really think to make like making great stuff is always going to be a thing. And great is always going to be determined by the human that's in the loop. I mean, you know, there's this story about chess, right? A computer chess program beat a person a long time ago, decades ago now. But then after that, people pointed out the fact, optimistically from my point of view, that a computer plus a person could still beat any computer, right? A person working with a computer was better than the best computer in the world. And that was like the metaphor for like, yes, if we work with machines, we can be better. That is no longer true now. The computers kept getting better and now people can't make them better. Even a person plus a computer cannot beat a computer. And I know that chess is less complex than the real world. And so perhaps still a reason for optimism. I certainly think I'm clever and good at making podcasts and hope that I can do that I hope that I can work with AI to make something better than any AI or more like me or something. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it might not be true though. But here's the amazing thing. People are still playing chess, right? True. It's like, true. It, no, that's a good there, point. There's some separation, some separation happens where the machines become so good and we just say, okay, you, you machines, you go off and do your thing. And we're going to be here kind of, um, reveling in our humanity with each other. I think what we'll see is there's there's going to be a certain category of content that's really just about like the transmission of bits of information from your brain to my brain and and that's all that it's about that um maybe we do one day see humans taken out of the loop, but I I really do believe there will always be space for like at at, at the core great content storytelling whatever you call it. It's it's about feeling connected to the humans and other people. And as soon as machines play too, have too heavy a hand, it's just not interesting anymore. We'll be back in a minute with the lightning round, which includes a message from Andrew to his future self. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. 
The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. That's the end of the ads. Now we're going back to the show. Okay, so this is the lightning round now. You ready? Uh, it's just a bunch of questions. Do you use generative AI in your life outside of work now? You know what's interesting? I did something this morning where I was actually like, I don't, I don't even care if it's wrong. I don't even care if it hallucinates. <laughs> it's like a, the, the test of a, of a theory is not, is it correct, but is it interesting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was asking it about, uh, I think like my son got hit in the head with a baseball and I was trying to, f- I, I really should care about this actually. Um, you but should not ask ChatGPT anything significant about that, not to give you parenting <laughs> advice. It's stuff like that. Like I've, I've I've pretty quickly what do you mean, been able stuff to like that. You should not be asking for medical advice about your child. <laughs> I know, but but when I say stuff like that, like I would have Googled it and probably just done what I was gonna do anyway. So it was yeah. almost just a curiosity. He was fine. He didn't okay. need to go see a doctor. At least not according to ChatGPT. No. <laughs> I'm curious about your time working in a in a recording studio, right? You worked in a recording studio where musicians came in and recorded. Did you see there any like moments of musical genius? Is there one in particular? I worked for this guy named Steve Albini, who is uh, a pretty well-known engineer producer that uh, was in some uh, popular kind of punk rock bands in the in the eighties and, and currently and. Definitely saw some some cool bands, but I think also I really feel like I I learned a ton just from watching him work. He's so talented, so articulate, so smart in many ways, like an example of of, of what I aspired to be at the time. And, and and so seeing that output, but then also seeing him every day and how hard he worked, it was a real like oh, this is how it happens kind of moment for me and kind of inspired me, uh, inspired within me a, a kind of work ethic that I'm not sure I would have gotten to otherwise. What's the best deal you ever got from Groupon? 
<laughs> Man, you know, it's so funny because like, obviously I was asked, I used to be asked that question all the time. I think it was a sensory deprivation tank. Ah. They had a sensory deprivation tank center in um, somewhere in Chicago. I had never tried that. It was really cool. This is a Descript question now. How will you know when it's time to do something else? Like leave? Dude, I, just, I don't know if I want to say this on a podcast because if I do decide to take the company public, it'll come back to haunt me. But I almost want to say it specifically for that reason. Andrew, I'm talking to future Andrew right now. You do not want to be a public company CEO again, okay? Hire someone else to do that. You're, I know you're talking yourself into it and saying it's going to be a different time. It's okay, but you hate it. It's the things that those people are good at is are and are interested in is different than you. Go do something else. Amazing. I've never had someone leave <laughs> themselves a time capsule on a podcast before. <laughs> I'm going to send that to you if you go public. I'm going to have you back on the show and I'm going to play it to you. <laughs> thank you thank you for being so generous with your time i appreciate your candor and i'm grateful for that i appreciate that i had i had fun too you're good at your job um in the sense that like uh you you bring it out in me i'm better than a machine for now it's gonna that's my <laughs> motto better than a machine for now Andrew Mason is the founder and CEO of Descript. Today's show was edited by Sarah Nix, produced by Edith Russolo, and engineered by Amanda K. Wong. I'm Jacob Goldstein. We'll be back next week with another episode of What's Your Problem? And here, finally, is the top of today's show, the intro to the show, as read, if that's what you'd call it, as generated by Overdub, Descript's AI-powered voice whatever emulator. After every interview we do for the show, we upload the audio to a piece of software called the script. The script turns the audio into a transcript. And then I can edit the transcript, cut out the boring parts, move sections around. And when I do that, the script edits the underlying audio to match. As software, the script is pretty janky. It's buggy. It's constantly changing in ways that can make it hard to use. And sometimes it just blows stuff up. But we use it anyway because Descript is an incredible advance over what came before. Before Descript, audio software represented audio files not as words, but as waveforms, squiggly lines presented on a timeline. So when Descript came along, being able to edit audio by editing words on a screen was a huge advance. And it was an advance made possible by artificial intelligence. How do you create present and future value? As a leading provider of specialized finance operations and technology advisory services for Fortune 500 companies, emerging growth market leaders, and private equity sponsors, cross-country consulting solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value. With tailored, integrated solutions for accounting, risk, technology-enabled transformation, and transaction solutions, cross-country works as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team. The future-ready business insight and within reach. Go to crosscountry-consulting.com to learn more.
Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.